Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast. I'm Joshua Kapczynski, be your curator for today. This podcast is brought to you by Granite Creek Gardens, which is a brand new wedding venue in the college town of Claremont. So if you're looking for a spot to get hitched, or if you've got some kids that need to get married, uh, I want you to consider Granite Creek Gardens. Beautiful outdoor venue. It currently will be priced extraordinarily well because we're just getting off the ground and we would love for you to check us out. So more information on the notes below on Granite Creek Gardens. We're also brought to you by Granite Creek Community Church. So looking for a home church, which you consider joining us uh, either online or in person. We want you to be encouraged. We have a vision of seeing families and culture transformed by heaven. We try to do that with the mission of being relational. So I want to encourage you to join Granite Creek Community Church. If you're looking for a place to connect and, and find friends and find meaning and find hope, we're, we're the spot for you. So uh, today's topic, uh, this is going to be a part two of last week's The Art of Destruction. I know it's not the most uplifting thing, but in light of what has just happened uh, on the Hawaiian island of Maui and specifically in the little town of uh, Lanai, it has been such um, a, a devastating situation in Maui and that little community like there's still, I mean, we're, we're, we're a little over a weekend and, uh, they're still finding bodies and they're still sifting through stuff like the, since the last podcast I did kind of highlighting the art of destruction and what happened there, it's, it's been worse than I was able to report last week. And so Lahaina is a, again, it's a beautiful little downtown community. And if you're listening or watching, uh, Locally, you know that we have a beautiful little downtown area called the Claremont Village. And so it would be on par if the Claremont Village burned down. Like that would just shock our psyches. That would just completely devastate us because not just Claremont, but even the surrounding areas, like almost our identity is kind of wrapped up into that little community, that little that little downtown section, because it's such a a hub for art and culture and, and the such. And so that was Lahaina. Lahaina. It's on the coast, and it it's an old town. Um, it's been it's an old whaling village that's been there for two hundred years. Um, so it's just bizarre that out of two hundred years, that it's just this year that that the winds blew at the right time and it sparked a flame that burned down an entire town and killed hundreds of people. So it's just mind boggling that that happened. Uh, there are conspiracy theories swirling around the situation, and I don't have the data or the mindset to go after that. But um, the locals are not happy, and they shouldn't be happy because the warnings, the warning sirens didn't sound. They didn't shut the power off when the winds were blowing, and so people are asking why. Why did this had to happen at this, at this scale? This the scale of destruction. The conspiracy is is that large corporations want the the piece of property. Which, if you're watching the news, that doesn't seem too far far fetched. And so, um, anyway, we just need to be pray, praying for the people and um, making sure that that their rights aren't being taken advantage of. So, um, Lahaina, again, cute little downtown area. And then, uh, my family is personally connected to it. My my parents own a condo in Lahaina, so they they're in that city now. They're a good 
you know, eight minutes away from that downtown area that burned, their condo was completely fine. And I believe I talked about this last time, but their housekeeper's house was burned down to the ground and she lost everything. And not only did she lose her house, she lost her livelihood because there's not going to be any tourists coming in. So my parents aren't going to be renting their their condo, they're not going to be, be able to do the Airbnb thing for a while because they they lost all of their bookings in one day. And that means that the housekeeper lost her job and jobs in one day. And so uh, we've taken up a special offering for her. Her name is Priscilla. Uh, we'll be cutting the check tomorrow. So by the time you see this podcast, it will be too late to uh, give them the bulk that, that we are. But if you want, you can still... You can still give. We'll make sure that she gets it. I think she's getting probably close to $1,000 from our connections and our friends. And so I want to thank everybody that gave towards Lahaina. And then specifically towards Pr- Priscilla, the, the the individual housekeeper that lost everything. But we also are giving a, a, a decent chunk of money to King's Cathedral uh, Church in, in, in Maui. And that's a great organization to support, too. So you can go to their website. You can Google King's Cathedral and give directly to, towards them. My opinion is that um, they will make sure that the people on the ground are being taken care of and ministered to, not just financially, not just practically, but they're going to minister to their spiritual needs because we're dealing with levels of brokenness that money can't fix. This is a shock. And that's kind of what I want to get into. That's That's what I want to... That's what I want to talk about is just kind of the level of brokenness. But um, before we get into that, I, it, it's just kind of interesting that my dad was there like when the fire broke out and he was actually even tempted to go downtown. He was there working. He was, he was there in, installing an air conditioning unit into his condo. And he uh, after he got it installed, he's like, I'm bored. Uh, you know, I've got nothing better to do. I'm going to go downtown. And then he was just kind of prompted not to go downtown. And I mean, if he would have been stubborn, like, I don't know. I mean, he might not be here right now. That's how close he was to the situation. He tried to get out of the city the next day. They, they, they wouldn't let him out. He had to drive all the way around the island to get into the airport. And um, he had to... We ended up sitting next to somebody that's going to help with the rebuilding of Lahaina. And so it was just interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that it was good. I'm just saying, like, like despite this, the tragedy of this whole situation, um, there was a silver lining and that, well, one, my dad, he's here, he's alive. Um, he made it back, took him a week to get home. Um, but two, maybe there was connections that, that, that can help other people that he was able to make. I don't know, but I'm just, the whole situation was just weird and it, it felt, it felt the whole thing felt surreal and we're not exactly sure like what was going on. Now I want to talk about the whole concept of, of mass destruction. So like this whole city, an entire city, entire neighborhoods were just burned to the ground and you just like, you have to ask the question, why God? And, you know, if we're going to get into the art of faith, you know, concepts and, and, and talking about the art of faith, uh, the problem of evil is right up there because like, it's that age old question is why do bad things happen to good people? 
Now, I'm sure like in those fires, there were some horrible people and there were some sinners involved and, you know, they lost everything. And you could probably say, oh, that's God's judgment on them. But I guarantee you, out of all of those houses, the hundreds of houses and maybe even the people that that perished, like there were some good God fearing people. And so you just got to go, why? Why do bad things happen to good people, specifically in the areas of natural disasters. So this is not our first uh, foray into natural disasters. We were there at Katrina. I was there at, at uh, the tsunami in Sri Lanka. Um, we've been in major wars in Kosovo, and we helped out in Ukraine. We sent two shipping containers of aid to Ukraine. And so, like, we're not like this isn't anything new. It's kind of interesting that. You know, we're a little bit closer to it. Uh, one, it's in our country. And, and two, like it's in literally a city that my family owns property in. So it feels a little closer to home. And my dad had to go two days without eating and he had to get food from the food bank. So an organization much like his own organization, Kid Care, actually fed him a meal. And so like it's all very sobering. And you know, when Katrina hit, you know, when New Orleans was drowned, there was this, um, uh, how do I say this? This Christian voice that was saying, well, it's God's judgment on that sinful town. And like, that's kind of very, that's kind of hard. It's a hard thing to say. Um, and, and, and my opinion, it's an unfair thing to say because there are God fearing believers in New Orleans and they, they don't, deserve God's judgment. And so like if we were to play, apply that same logic that you know this is that disasters are God's judgment upon um, ungodly people, then what's the deal with Las, with Las Vegas? How come how come uh, an earthquake hasn't swallowed up Las Vegas by now? And so like it, 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 in my opinion, it's not fair to place that kind of judgment. You know, there's all we could use our imagination, and we can we can bring up all kinds of reasons why Lahaina burned, and we could say, well, it was because you know, uh, of the whaling industry, because they slaughtered a bunch of whales there, and that they then they sold them in that port, and that's that's why. So that's God's judgment, nature's judgment on on them. Uh, we could say it was because of colonization, right? So the, the colonizers and the, the missionaries that took the land away from the people, but that's, that's God's judgment. Uh, I, I don't think logically any of those arguments apply. And I, I think the only thing that, that, that I can do, the only reasonable thing that I can do is say, I don't know. It is, it is a terrible, terrible situation. It's a terrible tragedy. And sometimes... Things just don't make sense. So I think we need to be okay with that. Like, I, you know, our, our mind is going to say, I need to, make, I need to make this rational. I need to be able, I need to understand the situation. Our human inclination is to want to, to uh, put a solution to the problem, to say, okay, this is, you know, this is why this happened. A plus B equals C. And that's why this terrible thing happened. And unfortunately, in life and in specifically in spiritual terms, that's just usually not how things play out. And so we're, we're dealing with a destruction that 
you know, they say that this fire is the worst that the nation has ever seen. The we're dealing with destruction that is that's unparalleled in our experience. And what do you do with that? So that's the illustration for us today is Lahaina and all these natural disasters. Like that's the illustration. And it it it's it's difficult like when in Lahaina again, it's like a cute little gem of a town, or it was a cute little gem of a town. It was precious and it was it's been taken from us. Uh I was there uh let's see. I think I went on vacation two years ago, so that was the last. That was the last vacation I took, and then we spent we spent a couple of weeks in Lahaina, and and it was a beautiful time. And in Lahaina, there are a number of tourist shops and great restaurants, uh, knickknack shops, and a number of galleries. Some kitschy galleries, and some some high end galleries. There's one gallery that no longer exists. It's called the Lahaina uh, Print Works. And in this gallery, they have uh, prints of, of maps from Captain Cook. I mentioned this last time, last week on the podcast. I think I got it wrong. Um, they have a, a very... When I was there, I asked the guy, I asked the owner, uh, what is your... What's your What's your highlight? What's your best piece? What 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 do you have in here that is that you think is the best? And so he pulls out uh, the tattooed woman holding a rose. And so this was his treasure in the gallery. The tattooed woman holding a rose. I think last week I said it was by Picasso. It's not by Picasso. It's by Andy Warhol. So uh, we'll bring a picture up of it. And it uh, it's it's before he gets into his pop art, but this piece is actually an important piece because uh, Warhol is kind of in a traditional setting, but then he begins to play around uh, with um, a critique slash attack on commercialism and on advertising. And so on this very um, traditional, you know, 1880s looking woman with the tattooed body, you're going to see like logos of corporations. So it's, it's actually quite brilliant. And, you know, he'll go on from, from this idea of putting logos and tattooing them on, on bodies to, you know, the soup can thing and um, the Burlo pad boxes and such. And so he's really going to go after the whole mass marketing and advertising and consumer Americans as consumers. But it's fascinating that he tattoos it on a woman first or that that's the print. And so it's a great, it's a great, piece and it's a famous piece it's it's a world famous piece um it's a lithograph so there's a handful of them floating around and the print shop or the print works in lahaina had one of them and i just looked up the value of it it's it's a fifty thousand dollar piece so if you're to go to christie's or sotheby's and try to uh, buy this at least a few years ago i don't know what it would be worth now uh it would you'd have to you have to cough up fifty thousand dollars to buy this this piece of art uh, now that we've lost one, the value of them are, have gone up. So there's only a few left, and um, unfortunately, one was was lost in this in this fire. Like how like how sad is that? And that was just one piece, and they had they had tons of prints in there that were just incredible. And so, you know, if you go to their website, 
it, they they shut down their website and they just basically said it's all gone. Uh, they're not even paying to have the site hosted right now. They just have a memo saying that the, the shop's completely burned to the ground. All of our works are gone. We're very sorry. And that's, that's their statement on the website. It's just heartbreaking. And like dealing with a loss of something precious is, I mean, like it's, it's, it's nauseating. Like it doesn't make any sense. It, um, it's probably one of the biggest shocks to the system to lose something beautiful and just to have it go up in flames. Um, and so maybe, you know, I talked about my painting that I ripped the other day, the, the, the other day in my last podcast. So I mean, maybe you, you can't quite relate to something like that, but maybe you broke a, a vase that you liked or, you know, maybe you dented your car. So if you're a car person and you're always polishing your car and you accidentally, you know, dented it or crashed it, you know, that, that feeling, even though you're okay, your, your baby's not okay. And it is again, it's a nauseating feeling. So what do we do in situations like that? Um, just this week, um, I had a call from a parishioner and really good guy, solid man of faith, faithful, um, great family, great family guy, just, just awesome. And very positive, very supportive. And he, he, he suffered a loss and he, you know, he called me up like dealing with a financial loss that would make most of our heads spin. It would be like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. And it wasn't, you know, he was playing the market a little bit, but basically he got scammed and it, it got, he got robbed. And like the loss of, of a large monetary sum, like it's a big kick in the gut, but as a as a individual, as a father, as a husband, as a provider, uh, he was dealing with levels of of shame and embarrassment and uh, doubt and and fear and just and just brokenness from one from one situation from one loss, major loss. Don't get me wrong, major loss, major kick in the major kick in the groin there, and. Um, and so it's like, you know, how do you, how do you minister? How do you counsel somebody through a situation that is that devastating and that, that it, it, it not only attacks your identity as a provider, but it even, uh, attacks your ability to, to provide, it attacks your self-confidence and your self-esteem. It's, it's a hard thing. But even more difficult than that was the um, attack on faith. So again, we're, this is the art of faith. This is the art of destruction. And so when you lose something that precious or something that valuable, uh, when you when you, maybe when you even lose a loved one, um, you know, I've got friends that have they've lost their children, and. Like, 
how do you how do you reconcile that and what it does you know losses that devastating and that big they 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 play on your faith like they they go after your faith and so the question that i was presented with that i had to field from this individual that lost um that you know had stolen from him a large amount of money um i had the the question was i was i was putting my faith and i was trusting in god and why why would god lead me down this path just for me to get ripped off and like like i can't answer those types of questions you know why would why would god send me down this this path, you know, just to be misled. Why would God have me buy this house just to have it burned down in a fire? Like these are like, I, I, like I can't, I can't answer those types of questions. And so, um, the the big temptation when you lose something valuable to you is that you're going to blame God or you're going to ask God why. And I don't necessarily think that it is wrong to ask God why, because we're human and we're dealing with loss and pain. So I think that it's fair, and I think God could take it. I think it it's okay to say, God, why did why did this happen? You know, you might even be able to complain a little bit and say, God, why did you allow this to happen? Um, but what we don't want to do, this is the hard part about faith. What we don't want to do is we don't want to blame God for misfortune. Like, again, back to the natural disaster thing. We don't want to blame God for the fire. We don't want to say God did this. That's God's judgment. Um, Like, that's not going to get us, and it's not going to get God anywhere either. Uh, we, we We don't want to say God allowed the hurricane and Katrina to come in. So, like, these are the things that we don't want to do. And so when something bad happens to us personally, we don't want to say, well, God did this. And, you know, my assumptions were right all along. God's just a mean, angry father, and he's he's out to punish me for not being good enough or something like that. And so those are the areas that we need to resist. That Those are the mindsets that we need to reject. We need to hold captive every thought and make those obedient to Christ and not allow those lies to seep in, even in the midst of pain. So my my advice you know so my you know the this person that i was ministering to they lost a large amount of money they did not lose their home they did not lose a loved one and so they they do have things to be thankful for and you know compared to the situation in lahaina um you know when that question was presented to me you know why would god lead me down this path and why would I think that there were certain open doors that weren't open doors that turned out to be traps? How come I couldn't see those? And how come I couldn't hear God's voice? And, and so, again, my, my response was, like, I, I don't know. But we serve a God that, that, that wants to be relational and that wants to restore what the enemy has taken. And, and so my advice to him and the best advice that I could give is say, is to say to him, okay, first off, don't blame God. 
uh, feel free to, to be upset and disappointed and ask the questions why. But whatever we, whatever you do, um, don't, don't lose relationship with, with the Lord in, in whatever way. So just keep on talking. Just keep on being relational. So, you know, you, you want to make, you know, it, 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 like the conversations might be seem like they're going one way, but you need to continue to be relational and you need to continue to stay connected to the body of Christ, the general uh, counsel of God. And this theme of, of losing and losing things that are precious is a theme that is in the scriptures over and over and over again. And in Isaiah 61, it's a, it's a beautiful passage. I'm going to read this, you know, if you're listening and if you're faith-based, uh, if you're an armchair theologian, you're probably going to think that this is heresy because I'm going to read it from the message uh, paraphrase. We'll go ahead and just call it a paraphrase, okay? And that way I won't get myself in too much trouble. But uh, I want us to hear Isaiah 61 from a different voice and from a different perspective because, again, we're dealing with the problem of evil and the problem of pain. And how do we process that as Christians? And so from the message version, Isaiah, from Isaiah 61, it's going to sound familiar, but again, it's a different translation. Paraphrase says this. The Spirit of God... The master is on me because God anointed me. So God's with us. He's, he's on us, even in the midst. And we're, we're, like this is being read and, and written from a point of pain, right? Uh, he has sent me to preach good news to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted and to announce freedom to all captives and to pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion and to give them a bouquet of roses instead of ashes. Give them a bouquet of roses instead of ashes. And just to, I'm going to direct you right back to that image of um, the, the tattooed lady that's holding the rose. And so she's, she's got, she's holding something beautiful even though her body is tattooed with uh, marketplace advertising. To comfort all those who mourn, to care for the needs of all those that mourn in Zion, to give them a bouquet of roses instead of ashes. Messages of joy instead of news of doom. A praising heart instead of a languid spirit. Rename them Oaks of Righteousness planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined city. They'll take the rubble left behind and make it new. You'll hire outsiders to herd your flocks and foreigners to work your fields. But you'll have the title priests of God, honored as ministers of God. You'll feast on the bounty of nations and you'll bask in their glory because you are a doubled dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Your inheritance in the land will be doubled 
and your joy go on forever. And so Isaiah 61 is a powerful promise that when there's ashes, you're going to receive beauty. When there is rubble, it's going to become new. The old wrecked city will be rebuilt. Um, You will receive provision and resources from the outside that you did not expect. You're expecting to do all the work. You're going to receive um, resources that are coming from the outside. I mean, this is all for the glory of God. That that that's kind of the the condition is that that we have to give glory to God whenever He comes through, and it is it is an inheritance. And I believe that what this scripture is saying is is that if we're faithful in the midst of destruction, so this is the art of the whole thing. If we're faithful in the midst of the destruction, our inheritance our land, our blessing will be doubled and will go on. It's another major theme in all of the scriptures. And so, um, first off, in closing, let's be thankful and grateful for what we have right now. Uh, our houses weren't burned. Our, our lives weren't taken. Our loved ones weren't lost. And so, like, we're sucking air right now, so at least we have something to be thankful for. So we we can we can at least start with a thankful attitude that that we are where we're at right now. But come what may, we need to continue to have this positive mindset that says, okay, no matter what takes place, whenever I when I whenever I'm tempted to curse God, I won't curse God. I will be like Job. I won't curse God, but I'll just I'll suffer through, and then. When the time comes to rebuild, I will be that oak of righteousness whose roots have gone deep into the ground uh, beyond the fire and beyond the destruction. So you might be burned on the outside, but if your roots are deep, if you're planted in his righteousness, if you've been discipled in the word of God, you're going to survive any major catastrophe that takes place. And then again, his... His promises is that we're going to feast on the bounty of nations. So, um, yeah, you might be going through a hard time. If you're not, you will be. And I, I want to encourage you just to stay relational with God, stay relational in his word, no, and, and just believe that no matter what takes place, he is for you and not against you. As soon as you start cursing God, then you're going to release him from blessing you. And we just don't want to do that. And so resist that temptation to curse God, to blame God, to say that this is God's fault, this is God's doing. Just resist that that temptation to do that and say, God, I don't understand what's going on. I'm hurting. This sucks. I don't like losing beautiful things. I don't like taking major losses. And I mean, those are okay, okay, okay things to vent, but to say, I, I will continue. I will continue to praise your name. And then to see... God makes something beautiful out of ashes, beauty for ashes. I hope that was encouraging. And again, um, one of the things about the Church of Jesus Christ is that, you know, we we stand up and we support each other. And again, we're cutting the check tomorrow. So by the time you see this, you're not going to have a time to give or get in on that giving. Uh, again, I'll, Once again, I'll just redirect you to uh, King's Cathedral Church in Maui. They're going to continue to do good stuff. Uh, if you want to bless our housekeeper, uh, reach on out to me and I'll make sure she gets whatever donation you want to give us. 
Thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, our subscriptions are coming up. So thank you so much. So subscribe and follow our other accounts and uh, join us on Sunday. We'd love to see you. God bless. Thanks you for listening and watching the Art of Faith podcast.